0: It's Tuesday, the 9th of March, 2021. Welcome to LawPod, Employment and You, Nucleus Legal Advice Centre's podcast series, where we discuss topics around employment law which directly affect you. Today, we'll be discussing the law on redundancies. I'm Karen Lieber, an employment solicitor with Nucleus Legal Advice Centre and your host for this podcast. I'm joined by my colleague, Jackie Sellers.
1: Thank you, Karen. I'm Jackie, and I'm also an employment solicitor. I've worked in the pro bono legal sector for nearly 20 years, and I've volunteered for Nucleus for six of these.
0: Thanks, Jackie. In this episode, we'll tell you a little bit about what happens if your employer tells you that your job is at risk of redundancy, the steps your employer must take for the procedure to be fair, and what you're paid if you're made redundant. If you're worried about being made redundant, it would be a good idea to first find your contract of employment. If there's a redundancy policy or procedure in your contract, then your employer should follow it. And if they don't, this may affect the fairness of the dismissal. If you don't have a written contract, don't worry. The law we're going to talk about will still apply to you. Before we start, we'd like to point out that the law can be can be a blunt tool, and we know the law might not cover the reality of the situation in which you find yourself. If this is the case, we at Nucleus will be happy to give you advice tailored to your individual situation. We never send clients away empty-handed, and even if the law is not the answer to your problem, you'll leave us with some ideas about what to do next.
1: That's right, Karen. At the moment, we're receiving lots of inquiries about health and safety at work, discrimination and redundancy. You'll all be aware that the government's Coronas Job Retention Scheme, otherwise known as the furlough scheme, has just been extended to the end of September.
0: Yes, that's great news. First up, we should explain that the right to be paid a a statutory redundancy payment only applies if you're an employee not if you're self-employed or a worker. Secondly, you're only entitled to a statutory redundancy payment if you've been employed for at least two years. Any other tips, Jackie? Yes, I have.
1: Check your contract of employment for the employment start date. This might be different to the day you actually started working. If you don't have a written contract, what was your actual start date? And remember that your termination date for the purposes of a statutory redundancy payment is the day your notice period ends, which might be different to your last day at work. If your employer has not given you the statutory minimum notice period, then you're treated as employed until the date the correct period of notice would have ended. This might mean that you're employed for longer than you thought, and that might affect the amount of your redundancy pay, or even mean you're entitled to one when you thought you weren't. Importantly, if you are a worker or self-employed, the law on redundancy does not apply to you.
0: So if you've been employed for two years and are being dismissed for redundancy, you'll be entitled to a statutory redundancy payment of one week's gross pay for each completed year of service. That is if you're aged 22 to 40. Unfortunately, a week's pay is capped at £538 until the 5th of April 2021, when it will be increased. You'll get more if you're aged over 41 and less if you're under 22. And you should have a look at the Government Online Calculator on the gov.uk website for an exact calculation.
1: On top of this, you should be given your contractual notice, which you might be asked to work or for which you might be paid, along with arrears of holiday. This is pay for days of holiday you've accrued but not taken. Also check out other benefits like health insurance premiums, as you should be paid for these benefits too.
0: So is your redundancy a sham? This is a really important question. Are you genuinely being dismissed for redundancy? Or is redundancy being used as a cloak, to cover up the real reason for dismissal, which may be that your employer doesn't like you, or you're not performing well. If your redundancy is a sham, it may mean that your dismissal is unfair. Sometimes if you're the only person in the company being made redundant, this may indicate that redundancy is not the real reason for your dismissal, but this isn't always the case. So what is the definition of redundancy? Well, a redundancy situation arises in three sets of circumstances. The first is where when the business closes down altogether. The second is when the business doesn't close down, but the workplace where you work closes or relocates. The third is where the requirements of the business to do work of a particular kind diminish. It is this third category that causes most issues. It's the role that you do that is critical here. The test is whether the business requires, or is expected to require, fewer people to do the kind of work that you are doing. It's not about you, it's about your role. And the starting point is the requirements of the business as judged by the employer, not as judged by you. So if your employer has made a commercial decision that they need fewer employees to to do the kind of work that you're doing, then provided they've consulted with you, you cannot claim unfair dismissal just because you disagree with their decision and think things could have been done differently. So, Jackie, what happens in practice?
1: So, in practice, the first step of a redundancy process is that your employer should give you a letter or email notifying you that your role has been identified as being at risk of redundancy. If you work for a large employer, you might be placed into groups and allocated a redundancy rep who will answer your questions. The letter should also set out a timetable for what happens next, and this is called the consultation process.
0: Yes, consultation with employees is fundamental to the fairness of any dismissal for redundancy. At your first consultation meeting, your employer should explain to you why your role has been identified as being at risk and tell you the background to the business decision. It's important that you're given the opportunity to challenge the business case. and and that this happens before the plans are set in stone. It's a good idea to make some notes at this meeting. You'll also be told how many roles like yours might be made redundant. For example, if you work in a supermarket on the till, is more than one cashier's role at risk of redundancy, or only one? Often your employer will create a pool for selection from which a certain number of employees will be selected for redundancy you have to be consulted on who is in the pool. If you do not think that everyone has been included in the pool who should be, for example, other employees doing a similar role to you, you should be given the opportunity to challenge it, and you should do so either at the meeting or soon afterwards. Send an email to your manager and to the person in charge of the process, often someone from HR.
1: If the information that's just been given to you by Karen is not made available at the first meeting, then ask. If you have colleagues who perform the same role as you, you should be told that they're going to be placed in the redundancy pool with you and that each of you will be interviewed and scored against a set of selection criteria, and this is often called the selection matrix. Provided the employer addressed its mind to the creation of the pool and the selection criteria the employment tribunal is unlikely to interfere with it unless any of the criteria used can be shown to be highly selective and unfair. So Karen, what sort of things might the employer include in the selection matrix?
0: Well, the criteria in the selection matrix need to be objective and capable of being independently measured, for example, by reference to appraisals, rather than just being based on someone's personal opinion. So if performance is one of the selection criteria, your score should be based on objective evidence, such as your appraisals, rather than on the personal opinion of your line manager, whom you may not get on that well with. The types of things that a good selection matrix would have in it would be attendance, disciplinary records, performance and ability, and possibly length of service.
1: When you get home from your first meeting, dig out your appraisals and have them to hand. If your appraisals have been a bit patchy, the employer should not overly rely on only what your line manager says and someone else should be involved in scoring you as well. So, Karen, if the outcome is that you
0: are selected for redundancy, is that the end of the story? No, it isn't, because for a dismissal, to be fair, your employer also has to consider if there is another job in their organisation for you called suitable alternative employment. If you're on maternity leave when the decision is made, you have the right to be offered suitable alternative employment before other employees, even employees who may be better qualified than you. If your employer offers you suitable alternative employment and you unreasonably refuse it, that may result in you losing the right to a statutory redundancy payment. So what is suitable alternative employment? You have to assess objectively whether the job is a good match for you, having regard to things like status, duties, location, hours and wages. So, for example, if the new job involves a drop in status or a significant drop in wages or a loss of overtime, it may not be suitable. Your own personal circumstances will be relevant to whether your refusal of the alternative employment is reasonable. For example, if the new job is in a different location and the additional commute will have an impact on your family life, then refusing such a job is likely to be reasonable. The important point here is that if your employer offers you a suitable job and you unreasonably refuse it, your employer will not have to pay you a statutory redundancy payment. What about furlough, Jackie?
1: Yes, Karen, we get asked a lot about furlough. There is no right to be furloughed. And an employer can still make the decision to go ahead with a redundancy if it considers it unlikely that the role you are working in will still be there when the pandemic comes to an end. Or if the furloughing will still be too costly for them, for example, by having to continue to pay holiday pay or your national insurance. A lot of clients come to us with the understanding that they are entitled to be placed on furloughed, but this is not the case.
0: No, indeed. If your employer makes you redundant but has not gone through a a fair process, you may have a claim for unfair dismissal in the employment tribunal. Note, however, that you only have three months less one day from the date of termination of employment to send your claim to the tribunal. So if your employment ends on the 31st of January, for example, you only have until the 30th of April to bring a claim. Also, before making a claim, you first have to apply to ACAS for early conciliation, and this affects the time limits. Jackie, could you explain what ACAS is?
1: Yes, I can. ACAS is the Advisory, Conciliation and Arbitration Service run by the government to resolve workplace disputes. Early conciliation is the process whereby a conciliator from ACAS will call you and then call your employer to see if it's possible to find a resolution to your dispute before you make a claim in the tribunal. You have to go through the early conciliation process before you can apply to the tribunal. If the conciliation process is not successful, ACAS will issue you with a reference number, which you have to quote when you issue your employment tribunal claim.
0: Finally, if regrettably your employer decides to make you redundant, don't delay in making an application online for universal credit to start from the day your notice pay runs out. We hope we've covered the basics of redundancy. If you have any more questions, please call us on 0207 373 4005, email us at employment at nucleus.org.uk. Have a look at our website, www.nucleus.org.uk, or check out our socials on Facebook and Instagram at Nucleus Legal Advice. Tune in next time for a discussion about how to calculate what your claim may be worth. Until then, goodbye and thanks for listening.